0: If there is one thing you're going to hear over and over again from any Agile team, it will be this one thing. There are too many meetings in Agile. <laughs> now, this is not entirely true. In reality, what they're trying to say is there are too many meaningless meetings that are going on. And so we're tired of having all of the scrappy meetings. In Agile, we have structured meetings that are repetitive. So you have your Scrum events like the daily Scrum, the retrospective, the review, and the planning that happens over and over again again. Now this is different from being too many meetings in agile, but one major reason why many people tend to say that there are too many meetings in agile Is really because many of these meetings are not facilitated properly. So, at the end of the day, people gather and the whole purpose and objective of gathering is not even achieved. And so, they're interpreted as there are too many meetings in Agile. And that's why you find out that some Agile teams, they are low momentum when it comes to people attending and actually participating in this meetings, but as a scrum master, your role is to facilitate and ensure that you're having effective meetings that your team members will get to love. And that's what today's episode is all about. In today's episode, I am going to be teaching you how to facilitate the best retrospective meeting that your teams will get to love and they will look forward to every spring. So if you're interested in this topic, make sure you hang around till the very end. But before we dive right in, Let's get some introduction for those that are stepping in for the first time. Hello and welcome to the Exceptional Scrum Master Podcast. My name is Yinka and I am your online Agile coach. This podcast is designed to help you understand all things Agile, help you land your dream job and help you succeed in your role as a Scrum Master. So if you're an aspiring Scrum Master or you're relatively new to the concept of Agile, then this podcast is what you want to be keeping up with. Now let's get back into the episode. We are talking about the retrospective event and this is one of the events that happens in any Scrum team. This is the very last event that you're going to facilitate as a Scrum master before a new sprint kicks off. Now you have to end your sprint with a bang. This is one meeting that you facilitate from start to finish. So it's very important that if you want to have an effective meeting, if you want your team members to love your meeting and crave it and look forward to it over and over again, the first thing I'm going to encourage you to do is to prepare Prepare for these meetings. One of the reasons why we have meaningless meetings is because many times the facilitators of those meetings do not prepare. You have to prepare for every event, you have to prepare for every meeting if you want to realize the objective of that meeting. Now, retrospective is one of those meetings that many Scrum teams don't find valuable. They feel like it's a waste of time. We got ourselves together just to talk a bunch of things. I've actually heard a few people say, is this meant to be a therapy session? Oh Lord, it's not a therapy session. This is meant to be one of the best meetings that we're having because this is the opportunity for us to reflect on our spring, to reflect on the things we've done and then come up with how we can improve. But when this meeting is not facilitated properly, it comes across like a waste of time to many actual teams, but we're going to fix all of that today. So I want you to prepare for this meeting before you have your retrospective meeting. Take a step back and figure out what you want to do, what type of format you want to have. There are multiple formats that are out there and it's important for you to always change your format for every retro so that your team can find it fun and they can get really engaged. Because if you use the same format every retro, then it gets boring because it's predictable people know that every time they're going to come up show up and then talk about what went well what didn't go well and what we can do better and after a while it just gets really mundane and they're not quite interested and at the end of the day the whole objective which is for us to improve the way we work is actually lost because Every time it'll be, oh, what went well? Okay, this went well. What didn't go well? This didn't go well. What can we improve? Same old thing. And it suddenly starts to lose its value. But as a Scrum Master, if you prepare ahead of time and change the format every retrospective, you'll find out that because the questions are different, there's an increased level in engagements. And then because people don't know what to look forward to, then they are fully present. So please prepare the format that you're going to have before you get started for your retro. Now, if you're looking for you know, tips on where to go to, to kind of find different retrospective formats, I'll recommend funretrospectives.com for you. At funretrospectives, you find different formats. I think they have over 40 formats that you can always pick from and then rotate spring after spring. And obviously, even if you come back to another format, maybe three weeks down the line or three sprints down the line, people might not really notice, right? As long as it's not the same thing that you're doing back to back. So you can always like get maybe your top five or your top 10 and then rotate those as you deem fit. Okay, so prepare for that meeting, understand the format that you want to have. And then when you eventually show up, Show out. Like that's something I like to say. Show out so that you can, you know, get the best out of that meeting. Now, when your retrospective kicks off, like when you are in the retrospective meeting, I'll encourage you to use this format so that, that way you can keep your retrospective meeting structured. Now, once everybody shows up, the first thing I'd like you to do will be for you to set the stage. And basically, when you're setting the stage, what you're doing is to ensure that everyone is actually checked in into the retrospective because a lot of times when people show up for this meetings and they're not really present, you know, They are there. You can see they're there, but their mind is not there. They might not even be paying attention or they're not even really interested. But once you set the stage, then you ensure that everyone is actually present. You recognize everyone being active and you just set the stage for us to actually get started. Now, there are different ways for you to do this. You can check in on people's emotions, right? You can get started by saying, you know, what is the mood of everyone like? You know, and then you can go around the room where everyone kind of shares their mood, you know, even on your board. Many times we're in Zoom meetings this day. So you can have a board where you have different smiley faces and you ask people to pick pick their mood. Now, some people can say, you know, today it's a smiley day. I'm happy today. Today, I'm not so interested. Today, you know, I'm not in the best of moods. Whatever it is, that way you actually get people to be relaxed. You get people to settle in while, you know, everyone is actually present. Also, another way for you to set the stick can actually be for you to ask questions. You know, you can ask questions like, if you were not here today, where would you rather be? You know, that way it gives people to actually think off work and some of them could be like, oh, I'd rather be in Hawaii right now or I'd rather be bad or I'd rather be doing something different, right? And that way people are able to smile, people are able to laugh and people are really able to relax. And that's what you want. You want people to be relaxed because we're about to talk about, you know, key things that we experienced in the last spring. And you definitely want people to be checked in. You want people to be present. You want people to be alert. And you want people to actually be, you know, interactive and committed to this retrospective. So it's always important for you to always start your meeting with a check-in. And that way you're really setting the environment and setting the stage for this conversation to kick off. Now, once you set the stage and everyone is checked in, then you want to get started And at this point, you want to start gathering the data. And this is where you would have prepared ahead of time to understand the format that you want to use. Now, in some situations, you're going to have some Scrum Masters that would start by saying, hey, what went well this spring? What did not go well this spring? What can we do to improve? Now, that could be your way of gathering data. There are other ways that you could also gather data. There are different formats. There's the concept of the four L's where you have, what did you love about the sprint? What did you learn? What did you lack in the sprint? You know, there are different formats that you can use. The goal is for you to always change that format every sprint. And beforehand, decide what format you want to use for that retrospective. So once you've set the stage, you want to start gathering the data. So once you decide what format you're going to use, let's assume that this time we're going to use what went well, what did not go well, and what can we do to improve. Then you want to kick off the conversation by asking the team members to write things that they feel went well this spring. Give them about two to three minutes to do that. Okay, once they're done with that, you can have them move to what did not go well, Give them another two to three minutes to do that. And then you can go to the last part, which is what can we do to improve? Or you can actually even pause and just start with those two sections, then gather the insights where we're actually discussing the things that went well. The first point is just for them to kind of document that on the board. Okay. So for example, you're going to have every team member document things that they feel went well. You could also decide that after they document things that went well, that you guys want to actually discuss it before you move to the next column. However, sometimes it's always good for you to get, to allow them get all their thoughts on paper so that then they have the time to discuss it. So I would recommend, you know, have them get their thoughts on paper where we talk about the things that went well and the things that we think didn't go well let them have it on paper. And then we get to generate the insights where we're kind of talking through some of these things. And so when everyone has documented their thoughts, you want to kind of quickly go through their thoughts to see where you can group things that are familiar. Because, you know, it's different people that are writing things. So it's possible that different people have similar thoughts. So you want to quickly group the thoughts that are similar. And then once you've been able to group everyone, then we can begin the discussion where we Kind of start talking more about what they felt went really well and what things, you know, what people can agree kind of went well. And this is an opportunity for us to kind of like celebrate ourselves as a team. We really smashed things this spring. We did things well. Maybe we completed all the things we committed to or we did X, Y, Z, whatever that might be. You want them to get their thoughts in there and you want to celebrate those wins. it's important because it's also going to boost the morale of the team now once we're done with that section then we want to move to the next section where we're trying to talk about the things that do not go quite well and obviously you want to repeat the same process where people kind of talk through what didn't go well and why we think this things did not go well so allow time for people to actually have those you know, thoughts, conversations where people actually talk about it. Let that conversation happen. Ensure that you're facilitating, and ensure that everyone is contributing to the conversation. Now, once they're able to kind of discuss and they've been able to kind of group their thoughts together to understand and agree on the things that didn't go well, then it's time for us to move to the last section. Depending if that's your format, where we're not, we want to talk about the things that we can improve. Now, based on the things that maybe did not go well or the things that went well, the team might decide to say, okay, this is the area we want to improve. Now, one thing I like to state here is that it's not every time that we want to improve on something that is not going well sometimes we want to get better at maybe something we started doing it's working well for us and we want to double down on it it's actually possible so as a scrum master don't restrict them to only kind of focusing on the things they're not doing well and how they want to get better at it it's not every time we want to focus on our weakness sometimes let's double down on our strength so what are we doing really well what can we double down on what can we even do better right So it's open to whatever direction the team wants to take it. So it could either be, we want to get better at the things we're doing well, or we want to improve on the things we're not doing so well because those things are important to the product that we are building, okay? So we're going to spend another couple of minutes to kind of figure out, okay, what are the areas we want to improve? Now, one thing I like to state is, as the team talks about things they want to improve, even the things that went well and things that did not go quite well, I want you to always... Make sure that they are focused on the individuals, the interactions they had, the processes and the tools. Because sometimes, you know, it might be the fact that we didn't interact really well that made us not to achieve something that made things not go well. It might be the communication of the team. Sometimes it might be the tool that we're using that made us do something really well or did not make us do something really well. Other times it could be the process. So ensure that as the team is thinking through all of these things, they are looking at their interaction as a team. They're looking at the tools that they are using. They're also taking a look at the processes that they are using to do the work, to ensure that they have an overall picture of how they work and areas to improve. So now once they spend you know, a bit of time trying to figure out like areas for us to improve. Please do not end the meeting. This is one thing that I see where, you know, they just document quite a number of things that they're trying to improve and there is no action item. This is the actual part where the meeting actually goes right or goes left. Now, as a scrum master, once the team has documented what they want to improve, it's time for Ross to now figure out who is going to take accountability, and when we think those things will get improved, okay? Now, as a team, we've itemized those items as things we want to improve. Now, sometimes the items might be a lot where we need to prioritize. Now, once we prioritize and we say, okay, these are the top four items that are really crucial for us that we think we need to focus on immediately, then you need to tell them who is taking responsibility of what, Let them assign what they're going to be pulling in as an improvement item that they want to fix the next sprint. Okay. And now, in the process, they might actually even figure out like, oh, this item is important, but we probably cannot get it fixed in the next sprint. We probably might need to maybe get that fixed, maybe the next couple of sprints. Or maybe we can actually even get started, but this is like a long-term goal where we probably might have a plan to get it finished maybe in the next quarter. Okay, that way they're able to have a concrete plan or what they're picking, and when they think that thing will get done. This is very crucial if you want to have an effective meeting that is meaningful to your team members and a meeting that your team members will get to love. It's in the action items. What are they taking out of that meeting? It is this point where they're deciding what they are going to do and how they're going to tackle it. This is a very crucial part in your retrospective. So I'm sure that once we pick up the Improvement items, we assign who is going to be responsible for those items. And we figure out if it's something we're pulling into the next sprint that we're hoping to get done in the next sprint or something that will take a couple of sprints to get done. And that way they can further break down that story or that task into a smaller chunk if they think it will take them a couple of sprints to get done. So that at the end of the day, the team member, they feel energized. They know that these are the items we're going to pull. that will put them into the next sprint where already you know who is going to be working on it. And we know who to look up to in terms of like progress on how we are doing. Now, sometimes this improvement items might not even be necessarily like huge things they need to work on it might be the fact that there's a team member who is going to be responsible for watching out of the team in doing that thing let's say for example they say that we need to be more collaborative right now you have a team member who is accountable for ensuring that we're actually collaborating in our meetings because it's not all the meetings that you are going to attend as a scrum master many times you're going to be available for their scrum events Other events that might be, you know, sync ups to them, you might not be in those meetings, but when you have a team member being accountable for those improvement items, then there's a high possibility that things will get done rather than if it was you who was being accountable and holding them to doing those things. You want them to own that work. You want them to feel responsible for that work and be responsible for the success of that work. Now, once everyone has assigned work to themselves and they're all good, then you want to close out your retrospective. This is also very crucial because this is the time for you to actually get feedback from the team on how the retrospective went. So you can use things like, for example, on a scale of one to 10, how will you rate today's retrospective? If anybody, you know, rates it above five, then that's a pass back or maybe above seven. You guys can agree what works for you. And then if they rate that, maybe at below five, then you know that there's a problem. What do we need to do to improve? What can we do better? It's very important for you to close out your retrospective, you know, getting that feedback because that way you're also able to fix the retrospective. Now there might be cases where, you know, maybe this meeting time is actually too long and we feel like we're spending an entire hour in retrospective and people might feel like it's a waste of time. And you might get feedback like, okay, why don't we try 45 minutes or try 30 minutes? But when you don't even take out the time to ask, you know, the feedback and get feedback on the retrospective, then you lose a huge opportunity on improving that meeting and making it get better day after day. So please, before you close out, And show them you're getting feedback. Tell them to write the retrospective, you know, and find out how they feel about the retrospective. How do you feel about today's retrospective? Are you you excited? Do you feel like we accomplished our goal for today? Do you feel there's something we could have done better? Forgive me, my nose is still blocked. You know, do we feel like there's something we could have done any better? Get response from them and that way you're able to use that information to improve the next retrospective and this way we don't only get better in the work that we do but we also get better in the way we run and facilitate this meetings and then it's a win-win for everyone and your team members love your meetings and anytime you have a meeting on your calendar they are more than excited to show up because they know it's going to be fun also, before you close out that retrospective, please ensure that you guys, you know, share a joke, share something fun, have fun, okay? They say all walk and no play makes Jack doll. So please, you know, close it out with a bang, close it out with a joke, close it out with, you know, high fives, dances on, you know, on Zoom. Whatever it is is gonna make it fun for the team. Close out with a bang and just let everyone be excited, and feel like we've actually accomplished something really great. Now, this is how you have an effective retrospective that your team... Will come to love I hope today's episode Was all fun for you guys I hope you guys learned A few things That you could go Implement right away For those of you Who are currently In Scrum Master roles And for those of you Who are still in the process of looking for a job Learn all of those things Ahead of time Because it helps you Get better It helps you answer Your interview questions better And once you're on the job You know exactly What to do So I hope you had fun today Thank you so much For listening to this very time Thank you so much For watching I love you all as usual please don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave a review. Don't forget to like, don't forget to share with your friends and loved ones. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.